0: To much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the privilege of having Hamish Knox here with us today. He runs a Sandler franchise. He's a guru in sales. He's written two books on horrible, horrible subjects. One of them is accountability, which no one wants. And the other one is creating change, which once again, no one wants. Hamish, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: You know what's really interesting is this: is uh, people feel very comfortable holding other people accountable, but it's really difficult for themselves to hold themselves accountable. Uh, what do you think that is?
1: Well, there's a, a bit of a cliche that that uh, helps describe this, but it's cliche because there's a grain of truth, which is we judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. So, yes. if someone says to us that I'm going to exercise three days a week. And maybe they only exercise two days a week, or we're aware that they're only exercising two days a week. And we go, yeah, I should exercise three days a week, but I'm kind of wanting to watch The Bachelorette tonight. Yeah. Well, I'm still a good person because I wanted to exercise, but you're a bad person because you said you were going to exercise and you didn't.
0: Yeah, isn't that amazing how we judge ourselves versus the rest of the universe? Because if you ask drivers, probably in Calgary, you know, mm-hmm. how would you rate yourself as a driver, they would rate themselves very good. And Absolutely. how would you rate the average driver really mediocre or bad, but everybody cannot be very good and very bad at the same time. So we have this two sets of rules.
1: Absolutely, we do. And was a, uh, a data point I saw that said it was a study of medi- graduating classes of medical schools. And the average, average across all these medical school graduates, 86% of the graduates thought they were going to be above average doctors.
0: Absolutely. You know, what's kind of interesting, I've seen some research where uh, when uh, medical students the first time they see a patient, they don't know anything. And they ask the patient, what was that interaction like? And then they, as they go through their medical career and they become doctors, it turns out that the height of their powers in terms of connecting with human beings was when they were green. And the more sophisticated they get, the more education they get, it actually diminishes that connection with uh, patients.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we were, we were chatting when we first got connected about, about language and I'm very, very passionate about language and nuances. And uh, I started listening to George Carlin when I was eight years old. So oh, some I of listeners yeah. would be like, oh, now I get him. And, and uh, he, he actually had a, a bit of why uh, uh, later in his career that includes the line uh, it's the context that makes the words good or bad. Now, the bit has not aged well, so I would not encourage the listeners to go find the bit because it is definitely not aged well. But there's a, the 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 truth in that is that it it is con it is contextual and and speaking of of doctors, yes, oftentimes we use the word expert to describe them. And what my experience has been is that someone who labels themselves an expert is exact, has stopped doing exactly what you described, which is learning and growing and being curious. Whereas someone who says they have expertise and it's fascinating because lawyers are actually not allowed, at least in 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 my state, to say that they are an expert in a certain mm-hmm. area of law, but they're allowed to say they have expertise. And what I've discovered is individuals who say, I have expertise, leave that little wiggle room open to like, maybe there's something else to learn instead of going, yeah. Well, I've been in business for 15 <clears throat> years and da 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 da.
0: So what's interesting is let's pick me as a guinea pig for this, because I describe myself as an expert in changing human behavior. But for me, I'm always learning stuff. One of the reasons I do the podcast is to get insights from people like you, because you're looking at the human equation from a different angle. But language is incredibly important. I guess it is if you buy into the title, like I know everything is a short sure sign that you don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. And also, then we have to think about it doesn't, it matters what the other person hears or reads. It doesn't matter what we say. So we have been socialized, especially we'll say in North America, that when we say see or hear the word expert, we immediately elevate that person to a higher yes. plane. So we go, well, he clearly must know what he's talking about because he says he's an expert. Well, that's great marketing uh it may actually not be the case uh on on the back end with the delivery but that's where when we're looking at at sales and selling and human to human interactions whether they're professional or personal is what is the other person actually hearing when we say whatever we're saying because i could say something to you that you thinks that i thinks is sunshine and roses and to you it sounds like i just handed you a big bag of poop
0: yep Hamish, hey, let me ask you about this. You know, you've worked with a lot of people helping them grow in their sales career. Mm-hmm. And there's probably some people that might come to mind as I ask you this question, yeah. that, Hamish, hey, I am going to do this. And they truly 100% meant it. Yeah, And they didn't execute like they were supposed to. That's what we've been discussing. So think about one of those people, but at some point they got an epiphany or an insight that got them over the other side. Can you think of someone that first was struggling with the, if it was like, you know, Hamish, hey, I'm going to do it, but they didn't really mean it. They knew it. You knew it. That's different. Mm-hmm. But people that really yeah. thought I'm going to do this, but couldn't do it for whatever reason, then you got them over the yeah. threshold. Tell us about one of those stories, who that was and how you got them over the threshold to kind of go, huh, I can own this.
1: Yeah. They, uh, there's one actually. I was I was I was uh, speaking to them and speaking about them this morning. Oddly enough, um, and we work we do a lot of work with leaders. We always start at the top of the organization. So it's a smart. lot of our work is with leaders, and we roll down to to the salespeople. And and one of one of the leaders, um, they are they have a very technical background. They are a very ambitious and driven individual. And in their own words, uh, they were a bull in a china shop with not only their people but also they are partners in the business with family members and they have uh, teenagers at home. And when they started working with us, they started learning about their communication style and they're very task oriented. They're very driven. They're very active communicators. So they tend to think, talk to think as opposed to thinking and then talking. Now not good or bad. I am, I am a talk to thinker, which drives my wife insane. She's the opposite. Um, but, what we also helped them understand was how their scripts and their ways of viewing the world were actually manifesting in their communication style and their behavior, both professionally and personally. And actually, they started with us early one year. And within six months, because Father's day is about was about six months after we started working together, mm-hmm. they shared in one of our leadership sessions the cards that they were getting from their children who are teenagers saying, I don't know what's happened, but I have always loved you, but I love you even more because of the person that you've become. And what their aha was is because of they, they said they were going to do it, but they were being necessarily eye centered. Yes. And they weren't being other focused. And so once they started to shift their focus and, and think about What is the other person going to perceive this message to be? They actually started asking more questions because if we don't know, instead of making a statement, it's way better to ask a question.
0: Absolutely. There's a quote from the Talmud, the Jewish text. We do not see the universe as it is. We see it as we are. Yes. And oftentimes we just assume, you know, this is the way I like it. This is the way everybody likes it. And it it takes someone to kind of, Ask that question, you know, how do you learn? I had this uh, young lady come as an intern to work with us. She was uh, still in high school. They have a program here in Baltimore County where the county picks up the payroll, but they want people to get real experience. Oh, nice. So she came in cool. and one of the questions I asked her was, you know, how do you like to be led? Like, how can I be that leader for you? And she was like, I don't get that. And it was like, tell me about a teacher you had in high school that you would go above and beyond for she says, Oh, Mr. So-and-so. Then how did he inspire you to do stuff? She said, Oh, he would show me once and let me do it. And then I could go back and ask him questions. And that was the best way. It's like, thank you. Because if you don't ask, you don't know. No one else there is like go. us. In my case, thank God, no one else is like us. It totally. makes the world a better place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. There, there doesn't need to be more of me in the world either. I get that.
0: Hamish, you know, you're on a journey yourself. You're learning as you go. Tell us about one of those internal blocks that you had in the last couple of years. Uh, Because the the problem is when you're first starting out, the way you're messed up in the head is pretty glaringly obvious. If you don't know, your wife will tell you. But as you get more advanced, it becomes harder to find. So tell me about one of those things that you discovered, oh my God, I'm doing this. And then how you overcame it.
1: Well, so... For background, I grew up on a on a hobby farm uh, in the middle of nowhere in, in uh, British Columbia, which is the state next to mine, uh, where nice. I live now. And a little village of 500 people. A great place to be from, right? My parents still live there. But when you grow up on a farm and when you grow up in a rural area, you have to keep your word because that's part of how you keep the, the, the village bond. together, yeah. right? So I'm a commitment guy and well, I wrote a book on accountability. Uh, but I actually put myself in a very negative position with my business by making some commitments financially. And these weren't like uh, stock market bets or anything. It was like a marketing program here and a marketing program here and a software program here. And eventually, I was underwater. And I, first of all, took the big step of going to my team at the time and I said, "Hey, hey, guys, here's where we're at. And one of my team members uh, left immediately. um, And the other one is still with me to this day. But what they said to me was, we need you to go back and figure out where you're going to cut. And to even hear the word cut, I was like, I don't get that. I don't get what you're talking about. What do you mean cut? I, I gave my word. And when I called up one of the, I was doing radio ads at the time, when I called up my rep, I couldn't even use the word cancel. I used the word pause. Mm. I said, we're going to yes. have to pause this for a few days. And I meant cancel, but I couldn't get, I couldn't say it. I got over it very quickly. I called him up the next day. I said, listen, I, I, I lied to you yesterday. I didn't mean pause. I mean, we got to cancel it like full stop. I'll clear up whatever I owe you right now, but we, we're, this is done. And so since then, I've become very, very much more specific in, analyzing opportunities and also reaching out to my trusted advisors. So like I'll reach out to whether it's, it's my, my coach John or uh, whether it's, it's this long-term team member of mine say, okay, I want to go down this path, but I need you to check my head. And if you say that path ends in a cliff that you're going to fall off of, I will stop and I will redirect myself to a different path. And, fortunately I've learned how to develop a bit of a a sense of like how to analyze opportunities. So when I do go to one of my trusted advisors, they're like, yeah, you're on the right path, but I don't think you've considered these two things. So maybe you want to adjust like two degrees to the left and that'll put you on a, on a better path, but yeah, you're going in the right direction. But for me, that whole, I'm a, I gave my word was a massive amount of head trash I had to get over uh, a few years ago.
0: So uh, you may have noticed, Hamish, that you're not dead. And the reason I mentioned that so what? is uh, what you did when you were at that crossroad and you went to your team and said, hey, I've overextended the company's in, in danger. I'm sure the thoughts like showing weakness, what's going to happen, and then one person leaving and one person staying, that takes courage, right? Because I'm sure you were afraid doing it. But most people won't I'm do sorry. that step and they'll try and hide what's going on. And at some point you have to fess up, but if you can be that kind of leader to step up and speak the truth. So tell me about what it was like coming to that point where you actually had that meeting and you shared the truth. Like, was it an easy thing to do or did you have you talk yourself into it? What was that like?
1: Well, the bonus of being a commitment person is when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So I hadn't actually shared this with anybody, so it was, I'm committing to myself that I'm doing this, but I got to the point where it was literally turn off the lights, close the doors, and say to my team, I'm sorry, and my clients who trust us to support their growth and development, or be vulnerable and say, I have made these mistakes, I own (coughs) these mistakes, they were my choices. I did not was not influenced by anybody. I made these mistakes. I will recover from them, but I need your support.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how challenging that is. I remember when I was like really young, must have been like sixteen or seventeen. I used to go to this electronics store to buy you know, transistors and stuff to build projects. And I remember one day the owner was getting a phone call from I guess uh, some bill collectors. Okay, and he said, "Look." We don't have any money right now. I can't pay you. It's no point calling me, but we're going to get back on our feet in 60 days, call back then. And I thought, okay, most people would have, oh yeah, yeah, I know, would have like uh, not spoken the truth, would have been totally stressed for the next 60 days. And this guy was just like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we're doing. Let's make it happen. And this freedom in that honesty and you need to live up to your words. But oftentimes we started the conversation off with communications how do we communicate with other people in a way that we get connection? And if you are honest with someone, like a good example of that would be if I said, I have no money and I'm like really aggressive about it, it creates a barrier. But if it's very much like, hey, let me tell you what's going on. This is the roadmap. This is what's going on. Can you help me figure this out? Opens up the world.
1: It does. And and one of the challenges that we have in communication is because humans are humans are animals and yes. we're, we're social pack animal and animals actually have no capacity to process language. Right. We talk at our dog and we think we're having a conversation with our dog. The dog is just enjoying the fact that we're paying attention to them. They're not yes. actually cognitively processing our words. And. I see this a lot with with leaders uh, and in fact, there was someone in my network who got a new manager. They're not a client of mine, uh, someone in my network, they got a new manager and the manager was, was when they came in. They're like accountability, 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 but their behavior was the complete opposite of what they were saying. And as I said to this person in my network, cause they were preparing for a performance review and they reached out for a little bit of support. Cause like, how do I tell my boss that they're a hypocrite? Cause that's <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. And I said, well, Explain it to them in this way, which is, I just, you know, the humans are animals and we can only observe behavior. I said, your manager is telling you everything you need to know about accountability through their behavior, not their words. But I bet they have got mad at you or one of your teammates because they weren't being accountable. And they're like, yeah, you're right. I said, so what we need to understand is it's the behavior side. and, And like you illustrated with that story, that owner was, making a commitment that they would have to deliver on through their behavior. And if they do it now, their credibility goes up. But if they go, yeah, I got no money and you know, I'll get back on my feet in 30 days and I'll pay you back. And they, and in day 31, it's like, Hey, Amar, like stuff's come up. I'm really sorry. Well, now we have no credibility.
0: Absolutely. And what's kind of interesting is you talked about, you know, walking your talk. What's kind of interesting is, uh, Uh, the reason there's other people in the world uh, other than you and I is to teach us about ourselves. And one of the things I look for is when I find someone that is really irritating It's like I can't believe that person does that. Uh, What I do is what attribute do do they have that is causing me such grief and whatever that attribute is, then I look within, do I have a component of that? And almost always it's like, damn it. Yes. I've got that same thing. And as soon as you heal it within yourself, that other person can do that behavior and it doesn't irritate you anymore. And it's all about not only communicating with other people, but how do we communicate with ourselves? Because that's the hardest communication is the one understanding who we are and communicating with ourselves is way, way tougher than doing it for other folks.
1: Absolutely. Actually, uh, you just brought to mind, uh, uh, I've been training in Muay Thai for literally 10 years this week. It was my 10th anniversary of starting that? in Muay Thai or Thai boxing. Uh, ah. Thai boxing. So it's, uh, art of the eight limbs, uh, the world's deadliest martial art. And I'm, I'm actually on the path to training for my second level black belt, but nice. one of my former coaches who was a multi-time world champion, uh, he's also, uh, uh very, uh, focused on communication and, and learning and human connection. And one of the things that he shared with me, we were doing a private lesson and we, we would get on the philosophy while we were taking breaks in between hitting pads. And he said, If you're having a communication challenge with someone, write down all of the things that you desire in great communication, and then look at the list and ask yourself where you're not giving that person those things, because that's probably what's happening.
0: But Hamish, you don't understand. Soon as they start behaving, I'm going to start doing this stuff, but I'm not going to do this stuff till we get caught in that trap all the time, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, I'm not going to do until you do. And, and it's that, it's that, uh, and yes, reciprocity is incredibly powerful, which is exactly why the point you're making is we go first. And if we go first and we start continually and being consistent, that's another thing. Humans love consistency because we're all wired wherever you believe we, we emerged from as humans. We like consistency because inconsistency And this, you know, my second book was on change. We're all hardwired because we don't like change because way back wherever we came from, change either meant one of two things. Either you died or you went hungry, which probably meant you died. So you were dead either way. You were just more or less hungry when you died. And so same sort of thing with consistency. If we're consistent, and that's why one of the key things we teach our clients at in all of our programs is be better than zero every day. If you just make that one small little move, and so if we're talking about a communications challenge, whether it's personal or professional, make the better than zero move. Do that one little, like, ask how you, how the person's day was or go put a hand really gently, like, on the top of their arm. So it's not intimate, but it's that, that familiar touch mm-hmm. and get a little bit of connection going and be consistent with those behaviors over time, you will get a huge payoff, but you got to go through the suck to get there.
0: Absolutely, and may I steal that idea? Be better than zero. Yeah,
1: please go ahead. I've done several videos and and On things that, like that. I'm it to
0: you, to you. I think there's magic there because yeah. oftentimes it's like you got to be 100 a day. You got to do this. You got to do that. It's like a, just be better than zero. It's like I could do that. It just gives well, people think permission.
1: About, think about where we've come from. Right, like Think about we're, we're almost 12 months into some form of lockdown, some yes. form of not what we had before. And for our clients who stayed with us all the way through, we didn't lose a single client over the past year because of the pandemic. Uh, and one of the things that they shared, especially April, May, June last year, when everybody was in the pit of despair, oh, to yeah. use a Princess Bride reference, which I use regularly, uh, is they could be better than zero every day. And whether that meant asking for one introduction or calling up a current employee and saying, hey, how's your day going? That kept the ball moving forward because as soon as we stop, inertia takes over and it's way harder to get going. But if we can just keep moving, we will eventually get through whatever we're going through.
0: I'm not sure if you've seen one of these videos on YouTube, but they have these uh, hurricane force winds. And they have like a 767 on the runway, harnessed down. And because the air is moving over the wings, it creates lift. And these huge machines are just lifting off the ground. Yeah. And an airplane, in order for it to be an airplane, you need to go down the runway. And I think oftentimes we just keep the parking brake on and go, well, nothing's happening. And what you need to do is just take any movement forward is going to help you do better.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Just, keep the momentum going, keep it rolling. Eventually you'll get to the payoff, but also because we're very present oriented creatures, again, going back to where we came from, it was like, I need to eat today or I'm going to die. And so we're very present focused. And that's why for a lot of our clients, uh, and we're very, we do this from the very first moment we onboard, journaling and gratitude. And because if we're journaling and we're being grateful, we can, start to see our progress and i i saw uh, i read something a couple of years ago that said an airplane is off course 95% of the time yeah. so even if i was flying from calgary to vancouver which is like a 54 minute flight the airplane is off course 95% of the time so if we're not consistently tracking how we're doing and the progress we're making We could end up being completely off pace, never know it. And then we're going to do two things. We're going to beat ourselves up for being over here. And we're going to beat ourselves up for not actually getting towards our goal.
0: Absolutely. We're good at that. Beating ourselves up. A couple of things before we part company. Uh, Number one, this is a sales podcast. We didn't talk about sales, but we spoke about sales because underneath sales are human beings. And that human connection is what it's all about. So thank yes. you for doing that. And two, you mentioned gratitude. So I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, yeah. Hamish, tell me one thing that you're grateful for that comes to mind right now in your life.
1: My health and vitality. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. So I am very grateful for my health and vitality. Uh, but also, I'm you can't see it from the video. I'm six foot seven. Um, and tall individuals over six foot four, um, if they don't take good care of themselves, they can end up having... A lot of challenges with uh, joints and lower back and things like that. And so I am very grateful that I have the uh, health and vitality to play with my two daughters who are uh, six and eight, uh, train in Muay Thai, cross-country ski, um, talk to wonderful human beings like yourself. Um, But I would also like to share a tip, if I may, on gratitude.
0: Sure. And I'm going to give a tip back as soon as you share yours.
1: Thank you. So the one thing that we coach our clients on in gratitude is When we're being grateful for a person, we need to name them. So like my wife and my kids are esoteric concepts that our brains can't really grasp. But if I said, I am grateful for Kim, Taylor, and Lexi, who are my wife and my two daughters, those are individuals I can picture. I feel warm. I smile. So with gratitude, the more specific we can be, the better it resonates with us.
0: Absolutely. So let me, uh, what was the name of your daughter?
1: Uh, Taylor is my eldest.
0: So I want you Hamish to think of a specific time in the last couple of weeks where you were being uh, physical with your daughter, like your vitality was there and you were connecting. Can you think of a specific time you were like horsing around with her?
1: Yeah, Literally this morning before I went to my training yeah. center.
0: So, uh, just kind of go back there, see what you saw, hear what you heard, and you get to re experience. And the reason I wanted to share that is as you were telling all that story, it was still very analytical. And as soon as I got you to remember that, there's a big smile on your face. It was this morning. So, take gratitude one step further. One, make it personal, like you said. And two, think of a specific moment when you had that gratitude, because that's where the juice is, that's where the energy is. And Hamish, this was such a pleasant, enlightening conversation. I took some notes. And thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for inviting me. You're a wonderful host. This felt like a conversation amongst two old friends. So thank you very much for inviting me. I had a wonderful time.
0: Brilliant. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and that is the fastest way to get better results.